0: Hi, this is Bill Cecil, and welcome to episode number 17 of my podcast series, Best Year Ever or Bust. The podcast series designed to help make every year as a teacher your best year ever by helping you to help your students make it their best year ever, despite any and all challenges that you may face throughout the school year. Hey, before I jump into this episode, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to take a listen and for continuing to be the hero you've been called to be to make a difference every day in your students' lives. Hey, plus a very special thank you to those of you taking time to share this podcast series with other teachers, you know, to help them be the heroes they've been called to be as well. Everybody, it's a win-win situation whenever that happens. So thank you very, very much for doing that. The more I've been thinking about the research I shared with you in episode 16 about the positive lasting impact parent involvement in their child schooling can have on their success at school and beyond, the more excited I get about talking about this. Seriously, I believe this can be a real game changer to help more kids succeed and fall in love with their learning, plus provide you and all other teachers with less challenges to deal with in the classroom each and every year. I just want to take a moment and remind you of some of those key benefits that I'm talking about. For example, it says that when parents get involved in their child's schooling and stay involved longer, that it affects their kids in four or five different positive ways. For example, it says that they get better attendance and behavior when their parents stay involved longer. They demonstrate better social skills. They adapt to school easier and get better grades. And this is my favorite, number four. They develop a lifelong love for learning, which is key to experiencing lifelong success. I'm going to say that again, man. That is powerful. They develop a lifelong love for learning, which is key to experiencing lifelong success. I mean, seriously, isn't that what we want for all of our students? Not just to do well in the year that they're with us, but every year following that, that we had a part in that, we played a part in that. This can happen if you get your parents involved. So with these findings in my own experience, firsthand of seeing the positive effects it's had on many of my students each year, I'm even more excited to share these 10 strategies or or opportunities. Seriously, these aren't just strategies. These are opportunities to help your students improve, but also to build better relationships with your parents that's going to help them improve, right? But I'm more excited about sharing these strategies or these opportunities with you more than ever. However, instead of trying to cram all 10 into one episode, my goal is to share some today and the rest in the next episode. But before I start sharing these strategies with you, I want to share a few more things with you to help convince you of the importance of investing your valuable time and energy to introduce these powerful strategies with your students' parents. Number one, I want you to think of these 10 strategies as your setting the table for success strategies to help build your students' parents into a winning team. Just like I gave you a a doable plan to help build your students into a winning team that I called setting the table for success, this is your setting the table for success with your students' parents to help them be an active part of your team this year and really make a difference. My hope for you doing this, or my goal for you doing this, is that you'll be able to build a bridge of support between school and home this year, working with your students' parents, so that every child in your classroom will get that extra support that, like it said in the research, that they will do much better, not just because of the work you're doing, but the combined work of what you and your parents, the support they're getting is doing to help them really succeed. And my hope for you is that every student in your room this year moving forward will know without a doubt that you and their parents are a strong unified team working together to help them make this their best year ever. That way they can't play you against each other anytime during the year because they know you are connected. You're working together. You're partners. You're going to make this happen. And I think that's going to be a big help to not have dealing with parent problems or disgruntled parents later in the year because kids are going home and saying, you know, my teacher did this to me. My teacher did this to me. And the parents are going to say, wait a minute now, that doesn't sound like Mr. Cecil because I've been working with them all year. And so let's let's look at this, you know, in a different way and really see what happened. Okay. So, but I'll talk to Mr. Cecil, but I have a feeling Mr. Cecil is going to have a different story instead of just calling it up and saying, what did you do to my child? What did you do to my child? We don't want that. So I think this is going to help eliminate that. Number two, These 10 strategies will also be your team building strategies to use with them to help tear down any walls and build trust between you and your parents to help create a more welcoming atmosphere or environment to work with together. in. So basically, just like I gave you team building activities to help tear down walls in your classroom so the kids would start moving around working together and and start taking more risks in their learning. Same thing, but this time it's with your parents. These strategies are designed to help tear down any walls of mistrust or nervousness of of dealing with teachers from the past maybe because they've had other years that weren't as going to be as exciting as this year or as welcoming as this. So we can't assume, again there's that word, we can't assume that they don't have these walls. We have to, to go in assuming that there are walls built up maybe with some of the parents and we want to tear down any of those walls for any and all parents that might exist. All right. And I'll give you a reason why that's important, because there's something called um, I've heard it said as from the Great White. It's a it's a band from the 1980s, a big hair band from the 1980s. They had great piece of advice in one of their titles. I don't know so much about the song, but in the title, the title was Once Bit Twice Shy. I love that. Once bit, twice shy. And I think for a lot of teachers and for a lot of parents, they've probably been once bit. And so it makes them twice shy. And this is what causes the barriers in education right now between parents and teachers. And again, I'm not talking about most parents. I'm not talking about some parents. I'm talking about probably a very small percentage, but this will help eliminate. And just to make sure that you're cleansing, you know, whatever past residue they might have had with experiences with former teachers. Hopefully not bad. My guess is probably not because there's a ton more good teachers than bad, but you're not going to assume again that they've never had any problems. You're just going to go in and say, you know what? It's like it's going to the dentist and having your teeth cleaned, right? You're going to go and you're going to clean out any past experiences they've had and start fresh by trying to make sure that if they were once bit, they're not going to be twice shy dealing with you. Because here's why that's important. If, for example, you've been bit and you're resistant to go to parents, so you try to have as minimal contact with them as possible, and the parents are doing the same thing with you because they've been once bit by teachers teacher, or they've had a, their child deal with a, a teacher that maybe wasn't so great, and there really were problems that they were trying to deal with all year long and felt like they weren't being heard or their kid wasn't being serviced as well, they might still have some built-up uh, nervousness or resentment towards teachers. So between those two, I think this is what is called this great wall of China, right? This great wall of parents and teachers maybe not communicating as well as they could. And so we're going to get rid of that and really build a different atmosphere where teachers and parents can truly feel comfortable and work well to each other. So these strategies are designed to help start tearing down those walls. You can't tear them down overnight, okay? Just like everything else, it takes, I said, about 30 days to build a habit. This takes time to build this habit. So, but with 10 strategies I've designed, is to help you hit that target more often. So, it's not just one strategy you keep doing over and over and over again. It's a bunch of strategies that over time will build up more of that positive relationship between the two of you. All right, let's look at number three. Before I share these 10 strategies with you, I want to share with you one of the most powerful, overarching themes that I used in building my strong teams. And I got to tell you, it didn't really hit me until what it was until I was doing more research for this podcast today. And I was going back in my playbook, which is uh, my best year ever book, winning strategies to thrive in today's classroom, which by the way, by the way, is available and you can check it out on my website, bestyearever.net. But in my book on page 198, as I was thumbing through looking for anything that was related to that I wrote about parents, something jumped out at me that I've not looked at in years and I wish I had it's on page 198 and 200. It's only two and a half pages long, but it it jumped out at me like, oh my gosh, this is really one of the big overarching themes I used for Best Year Ever and to build positive relationships with my students and my parents. So I wanted to bring it up with you in this podcast. And that is on page 198, there was a title, a subtitle that said, Praise, Recognition, and Validation. Those were the three big things I was trying to do on a regular basis in my classroom and when I was dealing with my parents to build strong relationships because I know how it works for me. For example, when I played soccer, my coaches, they worked as hard, but what kept us going, at least kept me going, was any time they would take time to maybe validate some of the hard work I'd been doing or they praised me. Sometimes in private or even in front of the team to say how hard I was working and how much they appreciated that and how that was going to pay off. But it was those little acts of kindness or those little acts of praise, recognition, and validation that kept me going. Even when I was told I, you know, my senior year in college, my coach going into it said he didn't think I was going to play that year because he wanted to make room for younger players. And I convinced him, you know, I I, give me one more try. Give me one more try. I go back and he says to me after the first week of practice, Oh my gosh, Bill, you, you took it to a whole new new level. You're going to be an inspiration for other players to give more of what they got because you really took it to another level. And so I'm going to keep you on the team and give you a partial scholarship. That carried me through the rest of the season. Anytime I hit a wall, even to this day, anytime I hit a wall in any project, I think back to how that extra effort, how that, that really paid off. But had he not said that, had other coaches or people not said these things to me, that really would have made a difference in my life. My second example is in teaching. I kept a file in my, throughout my teaching career, it was in my file cabinet and it it was notes that were written to me by parents, by students sometimes, if they were really, you know, not just you're a great teacher, Mr. C, so I love you, but just really specific on what I did, something to really help them or that validated my teaching And from my principal, my first year principal, the one that hired me in my first three or four years, he was my principal. And he, every so often he would write you a note. And these notes were like gold to me. All of these notes were gold to me. And so I decided to start keeping those in a file. I don't know what made me do it, but I thought I'm going to keep these for rainy days or when my, when my motivation starts to run lower, I start to run out of gas to open up these files and to go back and open it up and start looking at all the cards and letters or notes in there to kind of keep me going. And so that was a form of taking care of myself because I was looking back at praise and recognition and validation that I valued so much that I held on to and it sustained me and kept me going for 31 years. And so I want this to be something for you. I would encourage you, number one, this isn't one of the strategies, but I would encourage you to keep a file of all the validating um, all the praises and recognition that other people have given you written down and taken the time because when they write it down and take that extra step, you know, it's sincere. And so by keeping those and you do the same, I think it's really going to be helpful for you. I kept it in my top file cabinet drawer and it was right front and center. So I couldn't miss it. And I knew exactly where to go to it in case of emergencies. It was sitting right there. I think it's a good idea for you maybe to consider doing the same thing. So, Drum roll, please. Without further ado, I'm now going to tell you about the 10 strategies, or like I said today, as many as I can get through, and then I'm going to uh, share the rest with you next in the next episode. All right. So in fact, today I want to try to focus on three of the strategies in all seriousness, Um, because these first three strategies I'm going to share with you, I think are good to focus on right at the beginning of the year. Um, if you can, to help eliminate any of these barriers that I was talking about. So this is these were designed, these three, I think, to really help you uh, try to start to erase what was there in the past that they might have in their mind or that you might even have about working with parents and to kind of force you to get right into it and hopefully force them, without telling them that, to get them to become engaged and start you know, getting them to see things differently and that this is a new beginning, a new year. And by the way, if you're hearing this and you're saying, man, I wish, you know, it's the middle of the year for me, but he's saying to do this at the beginning of the year. Remember I talked about in the last, uh, one of the last episodes I talked about was new beginnings, right? You can always have a new beginning anytime you want. You can walk in tomorrow or Monday after a weekend or after the next report card and say, hey, I want to, you know, we're going to use this as a new beginning, a new starting point. Just like in uh, football, there's four quarters. So each quarter is like a new beginning for that for that period of time. So, but I want to start this, and, and you could tell your parents this as well. You tell this to your students, it doesn't matter. But you can start using these strategies whenever you want. But I, I do think, ideally, you know, they're great at the beginning of the school year because um, you're, you're their first teacher. And so there's a quote I want to share with you that I think goes well with at least the first two of these strategies, and that is you never get a second chance to make a great first impression. I love that quote. I'm going to say it again. You never get a second chance to make a great first impression. This is a great quote to never forget, especially when it comes to meeting your students and their parents for the first time. And usually that's at open house. So we're going to make that strategy number one. So strategy number one is, uh, there's always an open house or meet the parent night or I'm sorry, meet the teacher night at your school and and I find that usually it's now more before the school year starts than after the school year starts. It used to be when I first started teaching, you'd start teaching and then after about the first week, you'd then bring the parents in and talk to everybody and you know and welcome them and all that. but now a lot of times it happens before it doesn't matter it can still be first or second, but that's why I want you to keep this quote in mind because it might be your strategy number two, uh, which I'll talk about what strategy number two is, but if that comes second, or if that comes first, that would be your strategy number one. <laughs> I hope it didn't confuse you. All right. So, but this is strategy number one, assuming that you're going to have an open house, which you will either before the school year starts or after the school year starts, but it's at, it's at meet the parent night. And this is the chance for you the first time, possibly if it is before the school year to meet your students and your students' parents or their guardians, right? And I'm, I'm saying parents just so I don't have to keep saying parents and guardians, but please understand I know that not every student's parents are in the picture, and so the guardians are playing that heroic role. And so, but I'm not disrespecting them, I'm just gonna say parents for the sake of, you know keeping it moving. So here's what I want you to think about a few things when you're going into your, and you probably have already thought of these, so I'm not trying to insult you, but these are great reminders. How important it is that you greet your students and parents with a big warm smile on that night. First, first impression, boom, right off the bat, high energy, look them in the face, smile, get excited, even maybe shake their hands, uh, you know, and say it's so nice to meet you uh, and let them know immediately that you're looking forward to getting to know them and working with them and i'm not talking about just a student usually we look down at you know we look to the students if we're doing an individual and we say you know i'm looking forward to getting to know you this year and working with you also look your parents in the eye and say and i'm also truly looking forward to getting to know you better and to working with you this year because you're going to be a valuable part of this team this year in my mind and I'm hoping you'll feel the same way after you get to know me a little bit better and what i'm what i'm talking about And so it's it's an ideal I feel it's an ideal time to let your parents know that you hope that you know this is going to be a new year for them a new start for them and that you're a teacher that really is looking forward to working with them and not just using lip service but to hear that again it's like when I told my students I care about them right Bob Reisner don't don't assume right what's the first letter three letters of assume right don't assume the same thing with your parents tell them, you know, look, I really care about your student. And I, and I, I I believe not, I really care about you too, because I, I want this to be a good experience for you. I know how hard you work as parents. And I want to make sure that, you know, you're feeling that you're a part of this this year. You're a part of this team. I'm inviting you to the, to take this journey with us. And so I hope you'll do that as well, because I want it to be a great year for you as well. And I think the way that happens is to get you more involved. And again, I respect how busy you are. I know that you've got your job or you've got other things you got going on. I'm not talking about time drain necessarily, but I'm saying that we stay in communication and that I get you involved throughout the year in different ways so that your kids will know that you're involved as well. And so that's that's one of the big goals. And so again, it's just I want to start thinking about using words like, you know, um working together as a team or we're partners or together we can or thanks for all the help that uh you know, I'm already going to thank you in advance for all the help that you're going to provide this year and support that you're going to provide this year because I really truly want it to be a great year and I already consider consider you a valued member of our team because I have research that proves that when parents get involved and stay involved uh, and help support their kids schooling that the kids are going to have much better results, not just in school, but in life. And so, and I'll be sharing those with you guys throughout the year, but I just want to, I just want to thank you in advance for all of that. So it's important to use that first meeting as a really big one. Okay. So, and I'm not going to go into too much more detail about how you do your open houses, but, but again, it's, I'm, I'm stressing that look at it through that frame this time. I'm sure you're doing a lot of those things, but look through it through that frame. So you can definitely try to hit those targets as you're making that first impression, not only with your student, but your students' parents. All right, let's move on. Strategy number two. Okay, so in my first two days of school, I do my best year ever kickoff, which we've talked about, where this is my kid's doable plan to help them have their best year ever. And I plant that seed to set our, our shared mission and vision that this is going to be their best year ever. And we're going to work together to make it happen, but there's three things they have to do, right? You know all this. But I send home a brochure on the second day of school and I'll tell you why I sent it home the second day because on the first day of school my sister the one who helped us give her to the babysitter from hell I told you that story back way back in episode number three man that seems like a long time ago but yeah my sister the leader of our team also gave me great advice as a teacher and she said don't I love your brochure but don't send it home or get have the kids take it home on this first day of school because that's the that's the day where all these notes come home from school insurance forms you know upcoming things that are going on things that they have to fill out to return to the school if they're going to you know have certain services or this this or that it's a lot of stuff to throw at parents so it's just going to get lost in the pile i would i would let them just go home the first night and talk about it because they're going to go home excited about going to having their best year ever and possibly getting a coin but you want to send something home the second night and you're going to send it home with your students to give to their parents and you're going to tell them that this is to remind you how you're going to have your best year ever this year but i want you to share your with your parents because there's a note in the back for them And that's the part of this brochure I'm talking about. But really, the whole brochure is for the parents because what it does is they're going to take it home. It's like a a trifold. And inside, when you open it up, it's going to talk about your vision of making it the best year ever and how you introduced it to the kids and how you gave them a doable plan and what the three words are for their doable plan, attendance, attitude, and effort, right? And so that's all going to be in the brochure. But the very last page of the front and back of the brochure, it's going to say uh, a note to parents. This is your opportunity to really send a strong message that you want to work with them this year. You want to team up with them. You want to partner up with them and that they are valued members of your team because re- this is where you could put some of that research in that shows that when parents get involved and stay involved, that their kids you know, have all these amazing benefits, key benefits that I mentioned a few minutes ago. You can include those in this brochure. I remember in my brochure, in fact, I went back and looked at it, I talked about in the first paragraph or the second paragraph, right at the beginning, I said, you know, welcome to what I hope turns out to be a very special year for your child. But I don't go on to say, I hope it's going to be a special year for them as well. And so I remember at the end of that first paragraph, I was just playing around with it in my office, thinking, what would I have written differently? And I, I added this to the end of my first paragraph. And by the way, this is in my book, my book, Best You Ever. Um, it's on page 112 to 115, I actually put a sample copy of my brochure that I sent home every year in my book. So If you ever want to check that out, it is in there. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you right here in a podcast, but it, it is in there to give you an idea how I set it up and what I did. And it was a real simple one sheet of paper front and back, tri folded it, so it didn't cost a lot to have copy, and the school copied it for me, but I would send it home. But this would not be included in that first paragraph, so that's why I'm sharing this part with you. I said that, I ended the paragraph with, I also want to invite you to be an active member of our team this year because I believe your support and help will be able to help make this your child's best year ever. So I thought that was important. And then also I would add to my third paragraph, I said, Although I feel this is an attainable goal, it will take the cooperation of us, meaning the parents, working together to make this year a success for your child. That would be something else I would add to my uh, the, the third paragraph I think before that I ended my note to the parents so just a couple of things if you want to play back this podcast if you ever decide to make a brochure those would be things you could add on to that uh, note to the parents but again this is another way of trying to get your parents attention to grab their attention and to to really validate that first impression they had of you at the open house that this wasn't just you know lip service or if this is their first impression because they get this before the open house this will be a great first impression that says wow they they really seem sincere or they really seem to really want us to get involved this year and that that makes me feel good because there are a lot of parents that want to get involved in some way shape or form or at least to feel they were invited to the party so they don't resent that later and come back at you with you know you know feeling like teachers they only call you when there's a problem right we don't want to go into that all right strategy number three and this one's this one's short because i went over it with you in the last episode episode 16 which is starting to build that positive bank account of um Positive statements you've made, validating praise statements uh, that you've made to their students or about their students to them early in the year and throughout the entire year so that you're building a bank account. So the first time you have to go to them with a concern, you you don't take a withdrawal and bankrupt that account. Because that's what happens too often, I said in episode 16, right? You go to a parent, you call them up maybe the third weekend and say, hey, I just want to talk again. We've had a little problem and they haven't heard from you since the open house or, you know, and, and so they're feeling like, oh boy, they don't, here it is. Teachers only call when there's a problem. And they, right away, they get on the defensive and that's going to be that way for the rest of the year because it validated something that they've believed in the past possibly. Hopefully most parents don't feel that, but some do and you're only going to validate that if that happens. So you want to take time early on to start keeping a pad of paper on your desk or Somewhere where nobody else can see it, right? But it's there, and you can always just write a note down when a child does something that you think's noteworthy, and go, "That's cool, they did that. I want to share that with their parents some way, some way, shape, or form in the next few days. It could be through an email, a text, a phone call. And I would, I would suggest you make phone calls to those parents that you know their kids have struggled in the past because they, they probably have never gotten a call like this for you to call and say, "Hey, could you have a minute?" And they're like, "Oh boy, here we go." And you're like, "Hey, I have something really positive I wanted to share about you today about your child. I thought you'd love hearing right from me." And so I was gonna. To write them a note but I thought no I want you to hear it from me and then you tell them oh my gosh I tell you what I've done this you're going to win a teacher fan for life and I mean seriously even after your school year they're going to be the ones out in the community going that Mr. Cecil you know or, or, and they're going to use your name right they really care about the kids let me tell you what they did a few times during the year they sent me notes or they called me once you know and so yeah it takes a little bit more work well, what an investment, and it's going to pay off huge, Just like a good savings account or a good investment plan, you put money in, it builds, it grows. This, this feeling for them is going to grow more positive with these notes, and I would do them throughout the year. And there's other strategies where you're going to be sending things home occasionally to help do that naturally because you're going to do it for the whole class. But I'm talking about individually every once in a while, and I would keep that tally going for everybody in your classroom. It takes a few seconds, but over the year, you're going to have a notebook full that you can refer to or at conferences you can refer to and pull out some positives anytime you need them okay, I think I've said enough today. Like I said, there's seven more to go. And so I just wanted to get through some more of the the stuff up front that tells you why this is important and why I believe uh, it's worth investing your time and energy to really make an effort this year to include your parents and to build that bridge of support between home and school that's going to really make a difference, not just in your students' lives, but in your parents' lives and also in your teaching life this year because you're going to have a lot less stress from parents' um that maybe you've dealt with in the past. And I'm, and I'm not saying there was a lot, but even those few, like we said, can be big drains and stressors. So I want to help you avoid that. Okay, so keep all this in mind. Give it some thought and I hope you have a great week. And please remember, best you ever, you have the power to make it happen.